It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to another edition of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. As we record this, it's been just over a week since the ECHL first paused and then canceled the remainder of the 2019-20 season due to public health concerns with the coronavirus outbreak and trying to help mitigate as the rest of the world is trying to do, the spread of the disease and protect our players and fans, as well as every other sporting league pretty much across the globe right now. I hope you enjoyed our end-of-season podcast last week where we looked back at some of the great moments from the year, and we've had a lot of good ones through the 60 games the Fuel played, especially the 31 home games that Nick Olchek and I had the good fortune to broadcast for you and bring to you. And hopefully reliving some of those moments helped bring some closure to what was a really fantastic season for the Indy Fuel. And again, one where I think the Fuel built a foundation for 2020-2021. It was the first year under head coach Doug Christensen, and we saw the roster pretty much entirely turn over. And even during the season, the roster got better, and this was a team that was clearly in position to clinch a playoff spot. And... Despite being in the toughest division in the league, who knows what might have happened beyond that. But wanted to throw in a bit of a bonus podcast for you this week. We're going to have a few more podcasts, kind of wrapping up the season, chatting with different people over the next few days and weeks. But last week, I had a chance to sit down with the Fuels owner, Jim Hallett, for the Andy Fuels YouTube channel. And one thing I can say is I really appreciate Jim Hallett. Number one, as an owner, he has done a tremendous job running this franchise for the last six years. His passion for hockey, not just at the ECHL level, but at all levels is very evident. And we're very fortunate to have Jim in charge and owning the Indy Fuel and putting good people in place to run the day-to-day operations as well. But I wanted to make sure, even though many of you have probably already seen the interview on our YouTube channel, that it was available to our podcast listeners as well, because we know there are many different ways you consume the content that Mark Granda and Rachel O'Donnell, our outstanding media team with the Indie Fuel, as well as myself and Nick Olchak with the broadcasts, are producing for you night in and night out, week in and week out. So I wanted to make sure the interview we did with Jim Hallett was available for our podcast listeners as well. So here is our chat with Jim Hallett wrapping up the 2019-20 season. What is something you want to say to the fans as the season concludes and as we look ahead to the 2020-21 season? Well, thank you, Andrew, and it's good to be with you today. You know, first and foremost, I want to say thank you, you know, um, you know, as you think about it, uh, it was disappointing for our fans and our players and the entire organization the way the season ended. But first and foremost, I think our responsibility is to our fans and to our players and to our entire staff to make sure that we put their health and welfare first. And it is a game. It's a game that we love and it's a game that we're passionate about. Um, and it's not the way we would have liked the season to end it. Um, but unfortunately, um, that's the way things come down. And uh we're doing, uh, or I would say we're taking social responsibility here, and uh, we all have to contribute to that. Well, this season, though, with the 60 games, we played a lot of highlights uh, this year, and it was a really exciting season. And 
How much did this really, as we look forward to next year, create a foundation and allow the fuel to really build a bridge to the 2020-21 season? You know, that's really an uh, interesting thought is, uh, for all intents and purposes, we had a great season. And I want to take us back to before last season started is, you know, when we went out to hire a new head coach, I said that I wanted somebody that could really bring strong recruiting skills and be able to recruit the talent in Indianapolis that we would need to make the playoffs. You know, I felt that we owed our fans the opportunity to get into the playoffs and to really show them that we're committed to bringing the best talent in the organization that we can. And we had a very exhaustive interview list of potential head coaches. And I would say that I'm very pleased with the decision that we made. I think Doug Christensen's been not only a great coach and a great recruiter, but he's been a great leader, and he's been great here in the community. So we're able to bring players in, and we turned over the entire roster. I mean, seriously, throughout the season, uh, there was really only one player that carried over from last year. And with that, I think as we look forward to next season, I think we start with a very strong base that will be returning. You know, there's probably, again, directionally speaking, there's probably 8 to 10 players that can return to this team and that can play for this team. So we built that foundation, and now we've got something to really build on. And again, I want our fans to know that always making the playoffs is something that I'm committed to. That's what we drive towards. We know if we get into the playoffs, we know it's a whole new season. And I can tell you, quite frankly, we had a good run at the end. We finished in fourth place. We're 10 points ahead of uh, fifth place. And we're only a couple points behind third place. And we were on a good run at the end of the season. We were getting healthy. We are getting our players back. We were looking forward to getting some help from Rockford. And I can tell you for sure, there was nobody in our division that was looking forward to playing us in the playoffs. I think we would have had a good run. So you look at this team's success against Cincinnati, against Toledo, matched up well with Fort Wayne. Whoever they would have played in the playoffs, it would have been a great series. And this is a team that was primed, hopefully, to make a deep run. But now we get the opportunity to see that now as a foundation. But it was really kind of an exciting season. What was a highlight or two from you from this year? You know, there were a lot of highlights. Uh, first of all, I think, um, you know, the hiring of Doug, I think, was a highlight. Um, you know, Doug was really what we were looking for. You know, I talked about it previously, but just that leadership and that recruiting ability and, you know, Doug's understanding of this is a difficult league to coach in. I would say the most difficult league in professional hockey to coach in. Not only are you managing an affiliate relationship with Chicago Blackhawks, you're managing a salary cap, you're managing an injury reserve, you're recruiting players, you're having players called up, right? You're having players called up not only by Chicago, but you're having players called up to other teams as free agents. Uh, there's a lot going on, there's a lot to manage. So certainly the job that Doug did would be a highlight. And then the fact that we dealt with a lot of circumstances, and then every team deals with circumstances. Uh, but we dealt with a lot of injuries, and we dealt with a lot of unfortunate incidences where we had players getting called up and players getting hurt and, uh, and how we rallied around each other. Um, I can tell you this for sure. 
this was the most talented group that we've ever had here in Indianapolis in the six years. The talent that we had on this team was good enough to win this league. I really and truly believe that, and that's why I say we would have made a great push in the playoffs. And not only were they talented, but they were a group, a great group of guys. These guys really liked each other. They played for each other. They took care of each other. And you can feel that when you walk in the dressing room. You can feel that when you're around these guys. And, you know, just the fact that we had such a good organization, good group of guys from the coach to the players was really refreshing. And as an owner, when you have good guys who are wearing your logo, representing your team, not just on the ice, but out in the community with fans after games, in the dressing room, it has to make you feel good because this is the public face of your hockey team. Absolutely. You know, I've been uh, very pleased uh, over the course of now six seasons. Um, you know, um, we have had no incidents that have embarrassed me as an owner. Um, and, you know, it's difficult for professional athletes because they do get a lot of attention. And, you know, there are temptations out there for young professional athletes. And our guys have handled themselves very, very well. And, and I'm really, really proud of that fact. Um, so, you know, as we go forward, uh, you know, uh, hopefully we can kind of work around what we have here and the nucleus that we've established and um, not only bring these guys back but bring some new uh, folks into the uh, realm here at the, in Indianapolis. A big part of leadership is having the right people in the right places. You've mentioned Doug, but on the business side as well, you've got Larry McQuarrie leading a great team that behind the scenes works on to put on a great show every night for our fans. How important is that job that Larry and his team do on the the game ops side to to help put on a good show and bring fans into the building and make sure that they're taken care of once they're here. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. And uh, Larry has done a great job. And I think, if anything, you know, that group of people that it takes to put on a game and game day presentation and ticket sales and all the promotions and sales and marketing, all the things that go with that, oftentimes these people are behind the scenes and they're the, un the unsung heroes. Um, you know, when you think about it, and I don't know the exact numbers, but you take game day, it probably takes somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 60 people to put a game on. And, you know, you don't see those people. And those people aren't out there getting a lot of attention or a lot of applause. But uh, they do a great job for us. And uh, Larry's leadership has been excellent. Uh, and Larry really runs this team on a day-to-day -day basis. And I give Larry full credit for everything good that happens. So this is your second experience owning a hockey team here in Indianapolis. You're part of an ownership group that uh, ran the Indianapolis Ice for a couple of seasons 20 years ago, won a championship then. What has been different the second time around you owning the fuel over the six years here in the ECHL? Yeah. You know, well, the big thing is we're playing in a rink that players love to play in. Uh, they love the Coliseum. It's a very intimate building. Uh, and when you fill the place up with four, five, six thousand fans, it's loud and it's exciting and it's a fun building to play in. So the players really like the building and they like playing in this building. Um, aside from that, uh, and no disrespect, but this level of hockey is so much better. 
I mean, these guys are professionals. These guys go back and forth to the AHL in many cases. They're really only one or two steps away. And I know those are big steps, but they're only one or two steps away from playing at the highest level of hockey that they could possibly play at. And, you know, just in the six years that I've been involved with the ECHL, just the level of talent has gotten so much better and continues to improve every every year. And, you know, as an owner, I can tell you, our division, it's a strong division. There are no weak teams in our division. Even Kalamazoo and Wheeling, who are unlikely to make the playoffs, those are good teams. And we knew every night, you know, we we're probably in for a one-goal game. And there were a lot of one-goal games. And uh, so uh, it's a tight division, but the talent continues to get so much better each year. You look at the alumni we've had, Colin Delia and Justin Hall play in the National Hockey League, and then you've seen players from around the league that have played in the NHL. You know, Martin Furk from Toledo has uh, had a good career in the NHL as well. And so when fans come to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, they're seeing potential National Hockey League players night in and night out. And how important is that relationship you have with the Rockford Icehawks and the Chicago Blackhawks to the success of the fuel, but also in helping prepare these players for that level and hopefully the level above? Yeah. So first and foremost, we need to understand that we're a developmental league and we need to understand that we're going to have players called up and we're going to have players go up to the next level. And that's exactly what we want to happen. We're here to develop talent. So the relationship with the Blackhawk is critical. Number one, the Blackhawks are helping us identify talent. They're helping us uh, recruit players and get players who want to come and join the Blackhawks organization and either have the opportunity to play in Rockford or have the opportunity to play here in Indianapolis. Um, but they also want to make sure that we're bringing talent in that has the opportunity to get to the next level. And as a fan, and I think all of our fans, they would love to see our players uh, make it to the next level. Not only see them make it to Rockford, but when you speak of Justin Hall playing in Toronto and uh, Delia playing in Chicago, when you turn your television on to watch the NHL hockey and you see those players playing and you know they started their professional careers here in Indianapolis, that's very rewarding. There's a lot to be said about that. So the Blackhawks have been very, very supportive. They're a great organization. They've been good to work with. They've done everything that they said they would do in terms of helping support us as an organization. And I think in return, we've done everything that we said we would do in terms of supporting them. So it's been a great relationship. Since 2014, when you launched The Fuel, one of the big initiatives you've had is growing the game at the grassroots, building the Junior Fuel organization from house leagues all the way up through elite teams that are traveling across the Midwest and across North America, representing Indianapolis and the Junior Fuel. How proud are you of the opportunities you've given youth hockey players and The Fuel have given youth hockey players, and how important is that here to the Indy Fuel? You know, thank you for that question. You know, it is really refreshing to see so many kids now playing hockey here in Indianapolis. Uh, and, you know, the fuel are the inspiration for that. You know, those kids come and they watch the fuel play and they identify with the players and they see themselves someday wanting to play for the fuel. And I think it's a great thing. You know, as we look at the junior fuel now, uh, we have now 1,400 families that are participating in um, youth hockey here in greater Indianapolis. And as you think about that, what we had to make a commitment to was that grassroots level. 
teaching kids just from learn to skate to get into house leagues and then get into travel and competitive hockey. And we've done that and we've built a great culture and a great organization and we've offered an alternative sport. You know, even though hockey's been around in Indianapolis since 1938 professionally, uh, it's a basketball state, right? And, you know, there are other sports. But if you take a look at uh, youth sports and how youth sports are growing, hockey and lacrosse are the two fastest growing sports in the state and in the country for that matter. And so providing these facilities and good facilities where these kids can play and they can get ice time, providing good coaching, bringing in good coaching, we've done that. Um, and as a matter of fact, I know some of our um, travel teams um, have played in very competitive markets, markets like St. Louis and Chicago and Detroit and Nashville and around the country. And we've fared very, very well. In fact, we've won some tournaments. Um, and, you know, I guess probably the moment I look forward to the most and I'll be most proud of is one of these kids that come out of the junior fuel program actually come up to play for the fuel at some point in time. That's going to come at some point here in the near future, I'm sure, as we've seen a number of players from Indianapolis sign NHL contracts and go on to play in the NHL. And it's a matter of time before we see players come up from the Junior Fuel organization and do that as well. One thing as well that has been a real area of growth is girls hockey, and that has also been a key part of the Junior Fuel organization as well. Yeah, you know, girls hockey is growing. And um, in fact, we're going to really try and um, put a program in place for more and more girls to play hockey. Um, you know, girls hockey really become popular throughout the Olympic program. When you see uh, some of these girls that uh, played through the Olympic program and where they started and how good these girls are, you know, the all-star game for the NHL this year, the, fa the second fastest skater uh, among all those uh, participants in the um, in the skills uh, competition um, one of the uh, female players was the, was the second fastest skater so you know this only builds uh, on that grassroots basis um, and we want to provide the opportunity not just for boys but we want to provide the opportunity for girls to play hockey and we're interested in building a girls program we have a lot of interest and a lot of support to build a girls program and I think uh, for all the young uh, girls that are listening that have an interest and um, uh, want to play hockey, uh, we're going to try and provide you that opportunity and try to put together some real structure here in the greater Indianapolis uh, markets uh, starting now. Uh, so we look forward to that. From the day you stood on the floor of what is now the Indiana Farmers Coliseum and launched the Indy Fuel as an ECHL franchise back in 2013-2014, from opening night, to today, what are you most proud of that this franchise has accomplished? You know, there's a lot of things I could talk about, but uh, at the end of the day, um, I'm just really proud of how we've brought professional hockey at the ECHL level into the greater Indianapolis market and how we've continued to grow the brand, how we've continued to invest in the brand, uh, not taking any shortcuts. Um, and really proud of our fans. Our fans have been really, really, really loyal. They've been really great fans. And the thing that I would point out, and it may be obvious to some, is if you think about our fans, there's a lot of our fans that come because they really, really love hockey. And they really enjoy being at hockey games. But there's also a good portion of our fans come because they want a great night out with their family. You know, we talk about affordable, family, fun, entertainment. 
and they're coming for the game, but they're, as we say, they're staying for the experience. And when you think about the interaction with our mascot, Nitro, or you think about some of the things that are going on in between periods where we're entertaining the fans and our entertainment aspect. As a matter of fact, the fuel been recognized is having the best in-game experience for our fans. Those are the things that really excite me. And obviously, we want to win. We want to make the playoffs. We want to bring a championship to Indianapolis. But more than anything, we want to make sure that we're taking great care of our fans, giving them a great experience, and more than anything, making it affordable and making it fun. Tell us a little bit of your story. How did you develop the passion for hockey and wanting to bring professional hockey back to Indianapolis? Yeah, so there's two things that I would point to. Is Number one, you know, I think most people know that I grew up in Canada, Ontario, Canada. I grew up in a small village, and I grew up playing hockey on the outdoor ponds. Um, and, you know, I played, I don't think I played in an indoor arena until I was a teenager. Um, but through that, you know, um, I love the game, I enjoy the game, um, and I have a number of friends that have been involved in professional hockey, and uh, whether it be at the general manager level, or the coaching levels, or just involved, and, um, you know, I often thought that, you know, it would be kind of a fun to really give something to the community that was meaningful. And as you mentioned previously, back in 1999, I had the Indianapolis Ice and the CHL. We won a championship. That was exciting. But this was an opportunity to bring the next level of hockey to Indianapolis. And, you know, I had the support to do that, um, you know, in terms of working with the commissioner of the ECHL, in terms of acquiring a franchise, and working here with the state fairgrounds in terms of being able to get a lease on the building that could put us here for a long time. Well, Jim, thanks a lot for joining us. And is there one thing you'd like to say as we wrap up to our fans as we get ready for another season? Uh, more than anything, I want to tell our fans how much I appreciate them. Uh, and that's not taken lightly. The loyalty, always the smiles, the handshakes, the thank yous, that goes a long way. And I want the fans to know that I am personally committed to them. And I'm personally committed to bringing the best team I can, with the best talent, with the best coaching, giving you the best experience. I want you to love Indy Fuel Hockey. I want them to really feel that we're giving back and we're giving them as much as we can for the money that they're spending to be able to come to hockey games. And uh, I think that you're going to see that uh, we continue to refresh the experience, refresh the entertainment, refresh what's going on at the rink, um, and hopefully continue to bring uh, the talent into the organization. And, um, and uh, there wouldn't be anything wrong with uh, winning as well. So we'd like to bring you a winner. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, Jim Hallett, the owner of the Indy Fuel, for our postseason conversation. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate your time. And that is our conversation with the owner of the Indy Fuel, Jim Hallett. I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of the podcast. We'll have a few more podcasts wrapping up the season with some different fuel personnel, and then we'll bring you an eclectic mix of different topics as they come up during the off season. It's a unique off season in the sports world and in the hockey world, and we'll continue to chat with a number of different people, both past and present, involved with indie hockey and 
get you ready for the 2020-21 Indie Fuel season. I want to thank you for listening to this edition of the podcast. I am the broadcast voice of the Indie Fuel, Andrew Smith. Stay safe, stay healthy, and before long, we'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indie Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndieFuelHockey.com.